You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto Podcast, where you'll learn advanced strategies, tactics, and tips for actually selling your music. If you'd like to learn more music marketing strategies, then go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com. That's musicmarketingmanifesto.com. And sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Now, here's your host, John Ojaka. All right, yeah, John Ojaka here, and thanks for tuning in to episode number 21 of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. Now, today, uh, we have got a very special guest on the show. Uh, We are going to be speaking with the longtime vocalist and bass player of the world-renowned Chicago. Now, if you're not familiar, somehow, uh, if you're not familiar with Chicago, Chicago is one of the most successful bands in the history of, of rock and roll, of music. They are one of the best-selling bands of all time. Uh, And Jason has uh, fronted the band through a number of monster hits. Uh, He and I got to know each other through Music Marketing Manifesto uh, because he's kind of a rarity in that he is this this guy, this person who's had an enormous amount of success in this industry, and yet he... He really sees, and I'll let you, I'll let him tell us in his own words. But he really sees the writing on the wall of this industry. And some time ago, he realized that direct to fan, direct response marketing, uh, was really the way out of a pretty problematic industry. He and I connected over uh, this, over these these marketing theories, became friends, and I asked him if he would join us on a podcast episode to not only share his story and give you some really extremely valuable perspective from someone who has had a, a deeper and more successful uh, run in this industry than most of us could ever dream, uh, but also to talk about how he has been embracing and, and utilizing direct-to-fan marketing and uh, where he sees this industry going and, and what he sees is the best path forward for independent musicians. So, um, Again, it's a real pleasure and an honor to, to have someone uh, who has really achieved uh, so much in this industry here on the show uh, to share his experiences. Um, I think uh, it, it best we probably just jump right into this interview and let Jason speak for himself. So that's what we'll do. Again, we've got Jason Chef from Chicago on the line. Jason, thanks for being on the call. It's so nice to be here, John. Awesome, awesome. Well, this is going to be a little, perhaps, well, I, I suppose I don't actually know completely where this, this conversation is going to go, which is kind of unique for these these podcasts. Uh, but it's going to be, or at least I believe it's going to be somewhat unique from other episodes in the sense that normally going into this, I have a real sort of A to Z plan. You know, some I, I find an expert who knows about one particular subject, usually revolving around online marketing in the music industry. Uh, and we explore that topic. And I ask, that person to lay out okay how does a music musician go from a to z and accomplish you know some particular goal with you it's as i mentioned i don't know where we're going with this this is an opportunity uh, not only for myself but for all the listeners to talk with someone who has had an amazing career i mean as as i mentioned in the uh the setup for this the intro uh, as well as i'm sure you'll expound upon in just a moment you have been the longtime uh, bassist and vocalist for one of the largest bands in the world, which of course is Chicago. Um, and I thought it would be just really fun uh, to chat about your story and let uh, other listeners in on you know one artist's journey. 
particularly because you have an interest and passion in this type of online marketing, this direct-to-fan marketing that uh, we've been so focused on here at Music Marketing Manifesto. So that sound, that sound like a, a plan to you? Is that going to work? It sounds like a pure jam session to me, which is... Uh... Is always good. Awesome. Always good. Exactly. This is the podcast equivalent of a jam session. I couldn't have mm-hmm. couldn't have put it better myself. Um, so let's let's start at the beginning. Let's kind of tell everybody about, uh, I guess, how you became a musician and, and your journey up up to becoming again this this uh, uh, part of, of <laughs> rock and roll history. This rock star. Yeah. How you became this rock star. I always love that. Yeah. Uh, you know, because. Uh, so I'll start by saying that somebody in the last year paid me one of my favorite compliments uh, I've ever received. And he said, you're the only person, this is a guy who's worked with just about everybody. And he said, you're the only only guy I've met in your position that isn't a diva, <laughs> meaning like a lead vocalist and someone who could really abuse the power. Right. And I thought, what a great compliment. He said, you're the only one. And I thought to myself, well, what's the point in that? Um, I don't need to act any differently than, than who I really feel I am. And, and this is actually kind of going into something that happened really, I'll, I'll jump to a, a very pivotal moment in 1986 when we were recording Chicago 18. And I went in to sing vocals on the first track of that album, which was luckily a song I wrote, co-wrote called uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. Mm-hmm. And just imagine, I'm walking to the microphone with David Foster, a modern-day Mozart, along with Humberto Gatica, who who is his engineer and is still his engineer, uh, coming off of the 17th album, yielding hits like Hard Habit to Break, You're the Inspiration, right? Stay the Night. And I'm the guy walking in to replace their iconic lead vocalist, Peter Cetera. Whoa. <laughs> I'm 24 years old uh, because I joined the band uh, late in, t- in, in 1985, and I was 23. And David didn't think I was the guy. And I don't blame him because the demos we, we, uh, we submitted – as our songs we had written, the guys in the band and me, we had spent uh, 20, uh, 20, 19, like most of the rest of, well, it was, I joined in December of 85. So the beginning of 86, we're all, you know, busy going at it, bringing our songs to the table, whipping up demos and, you know, we submit them. And of course, David's not wowed. Uh, this is the guy replacing one of the greatest vocalists on the planet, Peter Cetera. And, you know, I'm not going to argue with him. I'm kind of sitting there thinking, when are they going to find out that I'm <laughs> not really, I'm a fraud. And this I accident, you know, I got luckily got to this point. And I walked to the mic and David, you know, said to me, you want to try one? Kind of like, a, you know, <laughs> he, he knew he was in for a long night, right? And I was told this guy's going to chew you up and spit you out. He's he's brutal with singers. And this is a guy, remember, he's not only, you know, producing Chicago, but at the time, uh, Barbara Streisand, somewhere. He just, she, you know, was all sure. over the radio. Um, and since then, of course, Michael Bublé and, and uh, uh, Celine Dion, all this stuff, right? 
So I'm walking in there going, wow. But something deep down inside me that I knew I could do was that I had a sense of being able to record, not on the level we were about to do, but, but that, I, that it was starting to get comfortable for me. It wasn't like if they threw me out on stage, if we were going to play a concert first, I would have. I think I might have crashed and burned, truthfully. Right. But luckily, we went into the to the studio, and it was such a cool moment because here's a guy who's staring you down, and we we went through this this song, and I've I've been documenting this because I I have a, a program I'll talk to you later about in this uh, study course that I put together of of cutting vocals, and it really comes from this moment where I walked in and. Went from David thinking he was uh, in for a long day to I basically sang like I was going to the electric chair and and uh, and at the end of the take he he had his head in his hands and he he picks his head up and says you just blew my mind but then you knew you would and he was pointing at me <laughs> and John we 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 flew through that record no issues and the reason is because. First of all, the conditions were absolutely perfect. It sounded amazing. The songs were great. The production, the, the tracks David had put together. So I was inspired, but it was it was in the I was in my element in that um, it was as good of an environment to bring the best out of you as possible. Right. And the the reason I, I tell that story is because my itch was scratched sure, right there. Sure. At the beginning of my of my career, was that I I sang one of the biggest. Uh, hits Chicago's had. Will you still love me? Came out that next year, and it was a number three pop hit, and it's one of the biggest hits the band's had. And so, for for the time that I've been out there touring, and you know, this is thirty plus years now at this point, I've never wondered what that would feel like. And I've right. watched people over the years really grapple with that. You know, that I just wish I could wave the magic wand and say, "Here's what it feels like," right. so you can get it out of your system. But for me, man, right up. So I think that that really has. That's the that's the reason that I I didn't. I had the confidence because I I achieved it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I pulled it off. We we walked on the moon. I say, you know, it's a rarefied feat. But we literally flew to the moon and I walked on it. So I don't have to wonder what that feels like. And right. that you know, to me, just to, felt like I don't need to act like an idiot. Right. I don't need to act like a diva. And I think it's silly because. Now we'll we'll start transitioning into uh, what it is that you're doing and what I'm doing. That this is the new world. Sure. Now's the next phase. Now's the next phase. So, so that's that's that. But I'll just scroll back really quickly and tell you that I'm from San Diego, and uh, I come from a broken home. My dad's one of the greatest bass players that ever walked the planet. His name's Jerry Chef, and my parents just kind of connected and did what kids do, and and. Uh, Gave it the old college try and had a couple of kids and and I'd thank them till the ends of the earth for 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 getting in trouble as kids and and uh, here we are and I think they they split up when I was about three. Dad went to L.A. and became one of the you know first call session bass players up there. Played on the Doors, L.A. Woman. Oh wow! He was Elvis Presley's bass player all through the Vegas years. Mm -hmm. And so I was a kid in San Diego that didn't really have dad around. And I just found music around six, seven years old that I know that he gave me. And my mother's very musical too. And it was this gift that was, that was pretty natural. And I saw that it not only was my medicine, 
you know, being a kid that was confused, and if anybody's listening to this and has that or has kids that are sitting around confused, when you find that muse and you find that passion, as long as it's a good one, uh, and you and you just grab a hold of it and, and, and go after it with everything, it's the medicine. It literally is the cure to, uh, to everything. You get into that music, and so... Uh, I, I just started playing and ended up starting to play bass when I was 14, got gigs, went as far as I could in San Diego uh, in a band called The People Movers, which I replaced Nathan East, who had just gone to L.A. to become <laughs> Nathan East. Right. Uh, and, and so I, I went to L.A., and I was starting to write songs because that's what everybody else was doing. I never was this artist guy going, i got to express myself. I was just going, oh, let's get a gig. And, and suddenly, 23 years old, I was uh, just writing tunes, uh, starting to write with, with some pretty big writers. Bobby Caldwell, uh, who had a big hit called What You Won't Do For Love, back in the 70s. And Bobby and I wrote a song called Heart of Mine that Boz Skaggs ended up cutting as his comeback single in, I think, 80, 86 or 87. But that song, along with two other songs, got into the hands of, of Warner Brothers, who was looking for somebody to replace Peter Cetera, because he'd just gone solo. Right. Um, he had just left the band in 85, the beginning of 85, so they were looking. And I remembered hearing in, in the city, Peter Cetera leaves, Chicago's looking for a lead singer. The last thing I would have thought at the beginning of 85 was, <laughs> you're going to be the guy. Right. But my demos got into their hands, and it was this awesome story of it went through everybody's you know warner brothers uh management david foster um the band and a week later i get this call saying we think that you're you're the guy i'm going whoa so then i had to just go in and meet man the management and he was really great to me very sweet and um and encouraging and then i went and auditioned and uh you know, I didn't blow their mind. You know, like I said, live, you know, I was not going to blow your mind. So they were kind of wondering, well, and half the guys were going, great. And then the other half were saying, well, wait a minute, he's a little nervous. Let's bring him back. Mm-hmm. And so I came back for a second audition. And uh, again, I, I don't think I was just mind blowing them, mm-hmm. but they thought that, you know, there was enough potential there and that I would develop. And, and so they gave me the gig and we went in to cut the 18th album, like I said. And thankfully, it was the, in that order because, like I said, you know, once we went in and started cutting that record, man, it was it was incredible because uh, we made a, a, a great piece of art, Chicago 18. So that's how it happened. Awesome, awesome. And and just for for the youngins listening, you know, maybe don't know uh, all of Chicago's story. You want to do the the 30 second sort of just. Uh, you know, share all the amazing uh, highs that you guys have have reached as as a band. Oh yeah. Well, first of all, they they started in I think 1967, and um, yeah, it was 67 because this is the 50th anniversary this year coming up. I think in about a week, and um, they came on the scene and were revolutionary. The first album had hits uh, like Beginnings. Um, uh, what else was on that record? Anybody know what time it is, I think, was on that record? Then they had a double album, which was unprecedented. Next, Chicago 2 had 25 or 6 to 4, had uh, Make Me Smile, Color My World. And then they had this massive string of hits all through the 70s. Uh, 
and really uh, had their first number one with something a uh, song called "If You Leave Me Now," which actually sort of pegged them as a ballad band, which is funny because it's a very energetic, you know, it's a rock band with horns. And then at the end of the 70s, they kind of lost their deal, and they were just sort of uh, floating around. And then in the early 80s, uh, they made Chicago 16, which was the comeback record, and that had Hard to Say I'm Sorry, massive hit. Hard to Say I'm Sorry, and that's when they brought Bill Champlin into the band, and he was an incredible addition. I was a big fan of his, too, and still am. And then they they followed it up with Chicago 17, like I said, which had hard, Hard Habit to Break, uh, stay the night and you're the inspiration which was like the big wedding song and still is to this day huge huge hits then peter satara decides to go solo right they find this stupid <laughs> kid you know jason comes in chicago 18 will you still love me uh then we we had a the 19th album bill champlin stepped forward and was singing lead vocals on two huge hits uh, one was the billboard song of the year look away and the second uh, song was uh, I Don't Want to Live Without Your Love. And then uh, we had a, uh, a greatest hits record that came out that I wrote the single for, uh, which is actually off of 19, called What Kind of Man Would I Be? That was a number five pop hit that I wrote, co-wrote and sang. And then uh, we've just, you know, toured for all the time, every year, uh, played the rock, got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 20 for the class of 2016 so we went and performed that if you want to go search on youtube uh you know pull up chicago rock and roll hall of fame you'll see me right there singing 25 or 6 to 4 and it's what a ride man it's uh it's just been incredible and, and just i mean correct me if i'm wrong i mean and just to drop some numbers that might blow some some minds i mean you guys are truly one of the best-selling bands of all time is that not correct <laughs> yeah, I think it's something like 150 million Jesus. units, <laughs> records, you know. Well, let's put it this way. It's either 120, 130, 140, 150. It's a lot of records. And uh, and what's interesting is that what you're doing and the way you and I connected is that I started really seeing things turn around Chicago 30, which was, uh, what was that, 20, uh, like 2006 or so. And that was a record we we did where uh, an association I had made with Jay DeMarcus of Rascal Flatts, who's a huge Chicago fan. He came and produced the record, and we co-wrote a, a duet with uh, Rascal Flatts called Love Will Come Back. Mm-hmm. And this was teed up to be, I mean, everybody, John, was like, the industry was going, whoa, they are cocked and loaded. They, these guys have four smash hit singles on the record. They were they were so confident, and then boom, it was just radio was just over, and it was sort of like the last attempt at thinking to try and do things in the old model. Right. Now a lot of people, and I'm not just saying in the band, but just in the industry in general, going, well, what's the point, man? And I was getting inspired because I was starting to think, wow, you know, let's put it this way. There's a lot of people out there that are paying attention. It's just that you're trying to go about it in the wrong way. I, I liken it like this. that It's trying to get back on an Apollo spaceship yeah, sure. to go to the moon. It doesn't exist anymore. Right. So let's look for the Mars mission. Right. You know what I mean? 
Well, before yeah. before we go too far down that path, um, which we certainly will do, you know, let's talk a little bit about how we cross paths because it was, it was I got to be honest, it was kind of a trip to me. You know, so everyone who listens to this knows me, presumably, but there are probably some people listening to this for the first time. Uh, but I teach I teach marketing. I'm a musician myself. I've released a course called Music Marketing Manifesto. It's uh, got a couple of editions, and I also have a sort of private uh, membership group called or a mastermind group called uh, the insider circle and one day you were in there and i didn't see the order or anything come through and i'm like what the hell is the singer from (laughs) chicago doing in my little my little indie group of of independent musicians you know talking about ways to use the internet to sell music and it and it was it was a huge honor and it was um really cool but you know that's when we started talking and became friends and and here we are but explain that from your point of view because i don't know if i've actually heard the rundown of how this happened so you're you're in one of the largest bands of all time you're out there you're still making music you're touring and then what causes you you know what's that chain of events that leads you to um, being in my members area well it's i love this because again you know with that 30th album uh, i i you know that i had a lot of uh, input into that because i had been going back and forth to nashville for two or three years and i had about 90 songs written and so that was really like the catalyst uh, that got uh, that thing to, to happen. And, and so I was excited. Sure. And everybody was excited saying, man, this is great. This, this, this could be a great moment for you. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm, remember, I'm not a diva. I was never looking right. at it like, this is, I'm the king here. But I thought, you know, what a great, what a great opportunity, you know, having spent all these years and, uh, and to, to possibly have a moment where you can really contribute that much. And then it came and went, and I was already starting to dabble with looking at different, like, let's put it this way. The wake-up call was that records don't sell like they used to. Right. So that means an income is going to be not only dropping at the at the release of an album, but certainly in royalties, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking, well, let's let's think outside the box. How do you let's let's break it down to as simple as how do you pay the bill so you can get up and make music? So basically, let's save the arts, starting with my own, right? right? Otherwise, if there's no way to pay the bills, you're going to do something else. And I knew a lot of people who were already starting to do that. They were getting out of the business, right? Saying I can't afford to do this, so I got to do. It. So I'm going. That's that's a crime. And how about all of the incredible. Uh, uh, um, assets that are out there, the the older artists that can't get arrested, and so they're not making music anymore. And one day they're going to be gone. Look what happened last year in 2016 of who we lost. And so I started mm. really getting inspired of let's figure out a way to keep the music going. So I started dabbling in all kinds of different things. Well, I ran into these, I basically ran into some people who were using Infusionsoft, and I became friends with these guys. And I started, uh, I started using, and it's not, as you know, it's, it's not an inexpensive platform. And, uh, and just to interrupt there, Infusionsoft, for anyone who's not familiar with it, is a email management tool combined with a shopping cart and some advanced tracking. It's a, it's a marketing tool for anyone who's not familiar with it. A marketing tool, exactly. And, but what happened was I started, I saw the perfect, they have a graphic of the perfect customer life cycle. 
And basically what it is is there's a lead magnet, which means how do I get somebody's email address, which goes into some type of marketing. And basically what they have is a four video, uh, you know, basically sideways sales letter, Jeff Walker style dripped over four days. I'm going to give you these four lessons, which is awesome because it's they're cliffhangers. So mm-hmm. from one day to the next, you go, okay, wait till you see what I'm going to do tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And so I started looking at this and studying it and I went, this is so awesome. But what they said that I thought was very interesting is that as most businesses fail, if if somebody comes in, they're interested in what you're doing, which is the opt-in, the lead magnet, and then you've given them, you've nurtured them for four days, and then you make an offer, and they don't take the offer, the amateur business person says, well, that's not a good lead. That's not a good customer, and they just let them fall through the wayside. However, once you've determined that somebody's interested in something, what Infusionsoft, Infusionsoft showed was that if they don't purchase, they go funneled down into a long-term nurture sequence. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. So I started paying attention to this in just other business businesses. Nobody was doing it in music. But I'm sitting there going, we got to be able to crack the code on this because this makes sense. Because what they were doing – and by the way, I, I found this guy, Jermaine Griggs, who's a genius. He has a, And he was the music guy. He had one Infusionsoft marketer of the year. The, the year I started using it. So I went to this conference, InfusionCon, and I met him. And I said, "Man, I gotta, I gotta get next to you." He had a, he had, he had built his his company called HearAndPlay.com, which is a, a a program that teaches you how to play piano by ear. Mm-hmm. This is a kid who is just turning thirty years old, and based on music programs, he had just hit the t- the uh, the Eight figure mark in his sales, John. Wow. Eight figures. So I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. Here's a guy who's made ten million bucks and he's only thirty by marketing because now you're not talking about the two thousand dollar study course guru guy. Yeah. You're talking about how can we price this? Because those are big numbers. Sure. Right? And so I'm sitting there going, and that is perfectly uh, that that right there is the the heavens the skies parting saying you're going to be able to get up every day and make music if you want right yeah, yeah. that's called freedom so I'm sitting here going I got to get next to this guy so I I, I bought what his I bought his study course which was a grand mm-hmm. I think it was like it was a thousand bucks because he had turned what he had done because he's just he's incredible with this stuff sure. he had taken Infusionsoft and really just had gone had pushed this thing to the limit and the whole, because it's all behavioral. Infusionsoft is all behavioral. It's like, if you do something, you click something, you show an interest here, you've taken a survey, it sends you down a different track. So you're not going to be, somebody comes into that lead magnet, you're not going to be shoving everything down there. Because listen, I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter, I'm a bass player, I'm a producer. So how cool would it be to be able to have you come into my world and then I ask you, hey, what are you, are you a bass? What you, what's your interest? And you go, I'm a bass player. And boom, all I'm doing is sending you marketing materials that are that are geared towards bass players. I'm not sending you the, hey, want to learn how to play flute, right? And so, so with Jermaine, I saw what he was doing, and I and I just got in the lane, man. I started purchasing some other study courses like the Machine, Ryan Dice, and I'm looking at this internet marketing thing. And it's all based on the same thing: is to start the conversation and nurture so and i've and i remember going to ryan dice's um 
uh, event one year, and he's looking at me, and he, he had the same reaction, like, wow, I'm honored. And I go, no, you're the rock star, Ryan. He goes, why are you here? And I said, I'm not quite sure yet, but I, I, I know that I need to, to take this stuff in. And he didn't he, – his whole thing is that he's – He's, uh, he says that my, my system has been proven to work for any business. Haven't found one yet that it didn't work for. And all of a sudden, I love it because I stumped him. He yeah. says, well, I don't know, quite know what to do with you. And I think probably part of it is that there's not enough money in it, right? Yeah. So these guys are going. So I'm sitting there kind of scratching my head. And shortly after that, John, a friend of mine, Paul Peterson, who was in Prince's band playing keyboards uh, on the Purple Rain album, just a multi-talented guy, he saw what I was doing. Like just trying to figure out, you know, how to communicate with uh, with fans and everything. Mm -hmm. But I still wasn't monetizing it yet, and because I hadn't seen anybody really put something together that wasn't this really pushy, weird, you know, thing. And he said, "How about this guy, man?" He goes, "Have you seen this guy? Is this what you're talking about?" And he sent me your link. Right. Awesome. And as I as I told you before, I'm sorry to go on such a rampage here, but it's fun. As I told you before, and I thought this was brilliant, was that he sends me this this uh, landing page, and I hear this guy start talking, and it's not super high produced. It's not, you know. <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, oh, great. Here's another guy who's tried to make it and failed, and so now he's some expert out there, yeah. right? He's, you know, he's never done anything, but... You know, because it's that's the land of what's going. People oh, who have done right. things are not really out there doing this yet, mm. right? That's why we're here to to develop this. That's what Jermaine and I talk about all the time. Let's crack the code to take it to our friends who are trying to figure out what to do in the future. <laughs> yeah. So I I I listen to it and I'm going, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And then as you're saying, you know, here's here's what I did. It's like, okay, well that's interesting. Okay, got signed to Interscope and okay and. And here's my my album that came one, and I go just out of curiosity. Let me look this guy up. And when I heard your music, I went, "Whoa, he's That's the awesome. real deal." That's awesome. He's the real deal. So I, then you really had my attention. But as we've talked earlier, I think it's actually pretty genius that you don't have this glossy thing because um, it's it can put people off. You know, it's like this is this is this is down and dirty, and it's it's great, man, because it's we're indies, right? So I'm, I'm really just that. lazy. That's really all it is. I had a, I, I actually, as as I was mentioning to you, but I get so much crap for for this. Um, I have some stuff out there, particularly stuff that was recorded a few years ago with with pretty crappy audio. It, I had <laughs> I had a broken microphone, and I was like an hour and a half from a computer store, so I just went with it because I was in a rush. And then it converted like crazy. And when something works, I don't change it because you know I got other stuff that's not working that I need to change. So, so yeah, I mean, it just goes to show, and and not to take us too far off course, but I see this I see this problem with musicians a lot where they spend years trying to make sure everything is absolutely perfect and to you know there are lines you do need to make sure that what you're releasing is quality but what i was doing was information and the the quality was in the information and as long as there's quality there it doesn't need to be perfect and you know, my audio is uh is uh, uh the proof in in that statement but anyway sorry go on no that's perfect because well and as as you teach and we all know it's as easy as just testing it, right? You yeah. could put a you could put a really beautiful, uh, beautifully produced thing, and go ahead and test it, and I bet you that the first thing is going to convert better, right? Yeah, it's like it's yeah. just kind of the way it always works. But as you say, if it's winning, don't waste time. Move on, right? There's other things to do. 
So, to, so to really cap this, to to put a cap on this, check this out, man. I had just gone out and spent time with Ryan Dice in Austin, and and basically it was called the Machine Live, and it was a it was a, a two day event of everybody who had uh, worked on the machine had purchased the machine, and you were going to just uh, not quite work on them. It wasn't a workshop to to get your machine up and running, but it was. You know, they had some really great speakers and content and everything, and it was a great networking thing. But again, I'm sitting here going, I don't really quite know how to put this together. I understand this, that when Ryan was showing that here's the opt-in, and then he actually even let you get his sequences if you were an Infusionsoft user that were just automatically uploaded to your account. So I did. Mm-hmm. And he's got one, John, that's called the indoctrination, mm-hmm. right? And what it is, what it is, is there's a lead magnet. And the first day, now, actually, no, there's a lead magnet that goes to a, a, to a, to a, a, a you know, basically a sales sequence. Mm-hmm. But in, in combination with that, a second sequence fires off if they've never heard of you before or seen you before if they're brand new they go into an indoctrination series mm-hmm. the indoctrination series you know exactly what this but i'm going to just repeat yeah, this sure, so everybody sure. knows this is that this welcome email comes day one that says hi i'm jason blah 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 and ryan and and the machine have these templates all filled out and it's awesome because i'm sitting there trying to fill them out basically ryan style but they're very business-oriented, right? And the language is kind of very, I don't want to say stuffy, but not musician-speak, right? right. And I'm, I'm still trying because they're going, yeah, this works, this converts, this and everything. And then he does, he does you know, the cliffhangers. He goes, you know, you, you, you've got to watch for your email tomorrow because blah, blah, blah. So I'm looking at this, and I'm kind of goofing around with it. And the next thing I know, I run into John Ojaka, <laughs> who absolutely does this, but it's as an artist – I went, oh my goodness, this is absolutely the mother load. So in your, because th- by the way, I, first of all, the price is like nothing right. for your course. So I bought it in a second. And the, and the funny thing was I went on the road that day. And I think I even told you this, that I, <laughs> that night, man, I put the funnel together. I just, are you kidding? This is awesome, right? So, and I know WordPress real well. And so I just did every single thing you did, you, you taught and I used your template even, you know, the the, the uh, WordPress template. Mm-hmm. I didn't go into the fancy stuff I had. Sure. I said, let me just do this. Let me try this. And I set these emails up, and they were brilliant because – and I still have uh, I still have them in place where the first email is basically a it's, – it's storytelling. Mm-hmm. Here's who I am. Here's where I've been. Here's where I came from. Here's the reason I play music, which is if somebody's opting in to hear you as an artist, especially if they have if they don't even know you, you're giving them the the story of 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 how you're connected to them. And then I can't remember exactly what it is, but the cliffhanger at the end of it, yeah, be sure to to watch um, uh, uh, blah blah blah. So here, here's a here's something to, to to read or something like that. And then then what I set up was I. I set up uh, the this involves you brilliant mm-hmm. brilliant what a great headline in an email this involves you and I start telling a story 
of how I started playing music and, and where it's taken me. And by the end of the email, by, by saying, so really this is, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this because you're the reason that I keep going. You motivate me. So this is where, this is how it involves you. You're connecting people and they have heard the music since then. And then the third one, which was saving the best, you know, was my, I wrote a, I wrote a blog post called how I got in the band Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I basically talked about that whole thing of how it would happen leading up to going in and cutting the first vocals and everything like that. And so I basically indoctrinated them over two or three days, whatever it is. And as you uh, teach, now they know me. Now they're hot. If the, the hot ones that are, that are the most hot, make an offer. Yeah, sure. Make an offer. A limited time offer. So all of the stuff that I was learning from Jermaine Griggs, from Ryan Dice, from Jeff Walker, it was applicable to being a musician. And what, in, what, it, what it excited me was don't worry about hitting the grand slam, right? Don't worry about, you know, this, this first uh, beginning of a relationship becoming rich off of this. Serve this person. Give them some free music for starters and then make an offer. And they, even if they don't want to take that, that's fine. Put them in the long-term nurture sequence, which is basically, hello, new fan. I want to share my music with you. And by the way, as normal business practices go, what do they do? Release something every quarter, maybe every you know half a year. There they are. There's your there's your database. And as Jeff Walker, you know, taught because he was like one of the first guys that really started putting this stuff together back in the late '90s. Your email list is your business without a list you have no business oh i got all these likes on facebook oh i got all these friends on myspace <laughs> oops what happened to myspace so as you've taught and, and all the, the you know the like that's all it is it's like you have this 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 crowd that is interested in you and you talk to them that's all this is yeah yeah i mean it's and you're 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 touching on it and saying it in your own words but i think it is a really being successful whether it's with music uh, through this type of marketing or uh just any business i think success is pretty simple i i suppose there are a lot of ways to make money and get rich and all of that but the 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 most reliable tried and true way in my eyes to be successful with this kind of marketing is to just make offers to people where um offers to which that person you are i'm really stumbling with words here but that person you're making the offer to is getting the better end of the deal and to sort of yep. illustrate that if if i could sell you a hundred dollar bill for a dollar who wouldn't take that every single human right. being on earth would take it and i'd i'd sell <laughs> i'd sell hundreds of billions of dollars worth of hundred dollar bills i'd lose my shirt while i was doing it but but that illustrates you know the this thing that we miss somehow, I think, especially as artists, we tend to be so focused on how brilliant our stuff is in our own minds because we care about it. We're so passionate about it. And because movies and everything else tells us that if we can create something magical, then the rest of the world will, will see that. But in reality, it's just about creating a channel, some kind of communication where that person on the other end of that computer screen or phone or whatever that device might be is getting, or, or YouTube video for that matter, is getting more out of the exchange than, than you are in creating it. Now, so long as you're getting something out of the exchange that makes the whole thing worthwhile, you've just got, you know, if you can create that dynamic, you now have, uh, 
you have everything you need to to achieve anything that you want you know with, with within uh, so long as your market a market exists that can support it if that makes any sense there was a lot of um, stumbling around the english no language, but that's but. <laughs> that's great john because what i'm circling back around to right now because i have study courses like i told you that i've you know, put i'm starting to really put together how i've done what i've done and that's that's not for everybody right sure but at the foundation of it all I'm an artist, man. I'm a musician. And at the core level, and people have been asking me for a long time, you know, when's your stuff coming out? We want your stuff. If you don't put your stuff out, then you die eventually with your song inside of you, right? Sure, sure. Nobody wins. And just for anybody who's listening to this, just understand this, that your song might be the song that somebody gets married to or divorced to <laughs> or, right. or whatever or, or creates some type of event in somebody's life. It mm-hmm. happens. It really does. And as you know, the great Zig Ziglar says, you help enough people get what they want, you'll get everything you want. Another thing Jermaine says is that you know, he says this, and I've, I've purchased this stuff. I'm going to leave you better than I found you. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what you just said. Just make it better for them. What does that mean? That means starting with, I'm going to give you a song for free or three songs for free. They're already better off, right? And so you're giving right away. And what you've shown in your course is to start connecting by telling your story. And bro, I'm telling you, this is the beginning of a revolution. I, I can, I can, feel it yeah. you know because i've been on both sides i i've seen the highest level of of uh you know what's what's still around in the classic rock era which is still flourishing but man there's a future out there and 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 the, th- the thing that i really started getting inspired by was what about the new people sure am i why should i you know be rain on anybody's parade and say ah it's over it's not over it's just niched now yeah yeah. Well, and the important thing for everyone to remember, it's the interest in music has not gone away. You know, the right. money, the money in the music industry is not going away. I don't, I don't recall. This is a this stat that I stuck in my head as a couple of years old. So I don't know where 2016 fell in, in terms of this, but I know a couple of years ago the music industry was making more money than ever. It was just in different areas of the music industry. So that money is still out there. We just need to change our models to make sure that we uh, capitalize on it. And if that means that, unfortunately we can't just play guitar anymore and we have to learn you know some new skills then so be it that's the industry and I don't know why musicians are so I guess I understand why but I I don't know why so few musicians um uh, percentage wise because it is it is a minority of musicians who seem to be those that embrace the business but I don't know why that's so difficult for so many to to um understand that you know you have to you have to develop some new skills and and the all industries change you know we can't all just do the same thing over and over and over again for thousands of years and have it keep working you know things evolve and the tools and the platforms and everything like that evolves and I want to ask you more about that in in a bit so we'll circle back to that your thoughts on the current state of things but let's kind of talk about you and where you're at either whatever you feel like sort of focusing on because i know and you've touched on it you're doing um, some new projects online as an entrepreneur um, music related uh, projects but uh, you're also still making music so where are you so you you've you've 
encountered this new information. You've obviously spent time learning from and getting to know a lot of people um, that are very talented as marketers. So you get this stuff. What's going on with you? How are you applying it? Well, first and foremost, uh, I have just recently committed, recommitted myself to, to treating my artistry uh, I hate to say as a business, but the only th- the only way that I mean that is methodically, and which again everybody wins that way. Let's let's all lose the fear of monetization, using you know the the idea of making money or right. business because it's it's true. If you're if you're methodical and you you put one foot in front of the other, things happen. It's called action, right? Sure. So. So I I realized because I've kind of gone around the bend with you know let me let me let me put some study courses together on what I did and and then all of a sudden the music isn't being made right, right. so I said no 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 let's start with that because that's that's a perfect ascension path anyway getting back to Ryan Dice's thing if the lead magnet is three songs a la John Ojaka style here's three <laughs> songs right and that gives people the the flavor of what I'm about, and if they dig it, then they you know they can either purchase the whole album of that, or they can wait for the next one or whatever. Now within that, boom, I'm finding out who are artists themselves, who are singers, who are bass players, who are producers, and then boom, they can start going down these tracks. And if you want to check out how I did it, it's over here. Blah blah blah. That's an ascension, right? Sure. So you can ascend from here's three songs to wow, I'm gonna get in this guy's boot camp that's starting yeah, <laughs> a month from yeah. now and right and uh and so uh so at the foundation of it all though and i've lost sight of this at times kind of allowing myself to to be influenced by the lack of results in the these those projects i was telling you about before and thinking ah it's over the industry well that's because you're not thinking independently thinking as an indie artist so uh i'm i'm basically I've got a project with Jay DeMarcus, like I said, the guy who produced Chicago 30. He's uh, the bass player and songwriter and uh, one of the principal three guys of Rascal Flats. So I'm going to crack that that project back open. It's about halfway finished. We've got a handful of really great songs done. And I basically fired my, you know, my website back up, jasonchef.com to you know offer my music, you know, the free songs as well as if they want to follow me in what I'm doing. To uh, to first of all finish this project, as well as like I said, all the other stuff. That's the foundation of it all. Let alone all the tons of songs that are sitting around. And by the way, I've got a ton of time to do this. I'll just say real quick, because if people are sort of looking like going, well, wait a minute, is I went and saw them last week, and, and he's not there. My uh, as you and I have related, uh, you know, we uh, I've had family illnesses that have actually had me come home and I got to be honest with you after a a really good long 30 year run of being gone a lot of the year and missing a lot of things I when my uh my mother-in-law was finally passing I said there's no way I'm going to be gone for that and so I've just come home taking care of my family I'm just grateful to be able to uh have been given the opportunity to come home and take care of my family when they need me most and guess what suddenly I have all this time and so that's what it's about, man, is that now let's do this stuff that was always kind of being pushed, you know, to the side because I had to come and go. So 
uh, I have all this all this sort of clear um, pathway to mm-hmm. really uh, to go at this. And I'm excited about it because, like, literally, it's just like two weeks ago. I said I'm firing up the uh, the artist thing, as well as these other things, and so that's pretty much uh, pretty much what the game plan is. So, you know, I know that just show up every day in uh, on Facebook and in social media, uh, sharing the journey, and then it's amazing. The opt-ins just keep coming. They right. keep coming. And so it sounds like you're basically saying that going forward, you're redefining the Jason Chef brand to not only be uh, about the music that you make, but also to be about your story and monetizing that in other ways through teaching you know people about um, your experiences as a recording artist, teaching people how to how to create the kind of vocals that you've created on on some massive records. Is that is that right? Is that kind of the plan? Absolutely. My first product, which I actually started a couple of years ago, I was I built it. And then just never really pulled the trigger to to uh, market it. Uh, but I st- I just started. I'm testing right now. I'm testing uh, some some ads on Facebook and and really dialing in the optimization of them. But my first product is called Radio Ready Vocals, and it's it's a uh, it's a product that um, that basically shows what I did to create those those vocals on hits like Will You Still Love Me and uh, What Kind of Man Would I Be and all that stuff. And so that's the first one. I basically secured a domain called rockstarready.com mm-hmm. and because uh, how to be a rockstar.com was taken. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so rockstarready.com and the first product is, is uh, how to be a rockstar. If people want to check out uh, basically what that, pro- that product is, they can actually go to rockstarready.com spelled exactly as it sounds, R-O-C-K. S T A R R E A D Y dot com slash vocal dash training. Okay. Yeah. So vocal dash training. Rockstarready.com slash vocal dash training. Okay. And they'll be able to um, they'll be able to check it out. And then uh so so yeah, that's that's one product. I'm gonna start one uh, bass playing. I've got mm-hmm. basically, I'm gonna I'm gonna after bass playing and songwriting, because the songwriting thing is really fun, because it's so uh, kind of like what we talked about at the beginning of this call is that there are, you know, don't you know loosely define what we're gonna do because then it just opens all kinds of possibilities. And so I love showing people how I've done that and how I continue to do it and get out of your own way to get the ideas and, and uh, don't get stuck, you know? So, yeah. So it's funny cause I never really said I'm going to redefine my brand, but I, I guess that's exactly what it is. I, again, John, going back to, I'm just a kid that caught a great break in yeah. 1985 and never really saw myself as uh, as this as this front man or lead vocalist to an iconic band, but it just happened, and so, sure. um, well, might as well share it. Sure, sure. And I think you s- said this earlier, or, or 
in some form or another. Um, but it really just, yeah, it does come down to you're just starting conversations in terms of the marketing that you're doing and that in your conversation is involves your experiences. And so, so those conversations can lead to opportunities for people to spend money to have a deeper, more, you know, more intense experience with you, whether that's taking home your album or uh, working with you in one of these workshops to get, you know, some greater insight than they would from just a, a shorter conversation in a podcast like this or a blog post or whatnot. But um, I think that applies to everyone. You know, your conversation happens to be um, pretty dynamic and exciting because, you know, you've, uh, as we all, as we've said many times, you've been the longtime singer and bass player for a rock and roll hall of fame, you know, band, but everyone has some, some, some story worthy of a conversation. Everyone has some value to, to impart, whether that's just being a, a dynamic and interesting up and coming rock band or whether that's, um, you know, someone in your shoes. So I, I think, I think, um, when people keep that in mind that this is just, this isn't, you know, cheesy marketing there's the problem with marketing is i think and i talk about this a lot when we think about marketing we think about the bad examples because it's the bad examples that stand out in our minds but good marketing right. it, it shouldn't feel like marketing uh, for the most part it feels like conversations it feels like dialogue brilliant marketing you know you don't even know you've been sold to you were just having a right. conversation and um, the next thing you know you're you're begging for an opportunity to buy and people can pull that off and musicians can pull that off and exactly We've been seeing people generating hundreds of thousands, even even into the millions through Kickstarter campaigns and things like that. Um, and it's all it all starts with creating that audience and creating those conversations. And and the exciting thing, as as you know, you know, is that the inter internet has created all these fantastic um, and very rapidly evolving opportunities for us to have. Um, really pretty uh, pretty precise and advanced conversations. When I say advanced, I just mean we can now, we now have these retargeting tools to make sure that that, that conversation is progressing and all kinds of exciting stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, it, is, it is super exciting uh, you know, right now because um, it is about the conversation. It is about the conversation and you know, and I have, a, I have a question. Yeah. Do you like people? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like people? Because if you do, just talk to them. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Is that here's what's important too, and this is what you're doing. And this is this is the service you're providing. It's part of the service you're providing. But what I've seen too is that there has to be a plan. There has to be a methodology because as creatives, we are just so. I am the worst at like. Well, they call them fast starters, right? Let's do this, John. Let's try this, right? And it's like, but if you methodically uh, start the conversation and continue it methodically, it's a numbers game, right? right? And I even almost hate to throw that phase out there because then it kind of sounds like it's it's gotten out of the personal uh, thing, but it isn't. It's it's really simple. If you are if you are, and here's the word, consistent, right? If we're consistently communicating with people, and you have to have something to offer. Yeah, if your music completely sucks, sorry, there's nothing anybody can do to help you. <laughs> sure. You have to actually have something. So if you don't, you might as well go and take some lessons and learn and, and do your best shot. You know, but, but in general, I think most people probably listening have something valuable. Most people do. And just start the conversation, but learn how – start the conversation and learn – 
how to continue it, which is what you teach, and be consistent with it. That's what's great about the tools, autoresponders and all this stuff. But, but really coming up with a schedule and a plan, and as, as we've all seen, if you're consistent, things happen. If you're not, they dwindle. So, sure. you know? Sure. And it's funny that you say all that. I just, so I just recorded, uh, you know, obviously everyone listening to this is listening to it uh, a week or, or two after we recorded it. But um, I recorded two interviews today. Um, I'm recording this on the, the 6th of February. Um, and I just interviewed Jennifer Magnus, who's an artist I've worked with before. And uh, I did the marketing on her most recent album. And at least as of this recording, you're, you're, this interview may be released a little after the date, so we'll see what happens. But she's up for a, a Grammy. She's you know down to the final round and is one of the five names in the running for best best contemporary blues artist. And you know, I, I, it was a lot of fun working that record, and it would be so fantastic if she won. But regardless, you know, um, getting that nomination has been a huge, huge um, honor for all involved. Um, but uh, in over and over again in that interview, she just kept talking about that plan, needing that plan, needing that methodology. Um, and that was really kind of her key advice to, to other musicians was to have that plan. And it just seems to be the thing that uh, is coming up more and more and more from successful artists. So uh, it's, it's counter to what I see online in terms of comments on the various posts that I publish and things that, uh, particularly my ads, where I'll see every day one or two artists saying oh just make great music and and that's how you sell albums and it's just couldn't be further nope. from the truth but these people don't realize it um with with that in mind and and perhaps you know your advice will overshadow what i just said um what is your advice let's say let's say your your nephew wants to make it as a rock star he wants to make his life as a performing and recording musician wants to be able to make a living doing it um but is just getting started uh maybe he has a band maybe he's got the songs for an album maybe he's recorded that album but it doesn't have a huge following yet um what what's your advice what do you say to that person that you know and i ask you to envision that it's your nephew so this is someone that you care about you want to really see him succeed what do you tell him that gives him a, a leg a, uh, above you know everybody else out there okay let's assume that it's a that it's a great product too right sure yeah okay yeah because if they don't have a great product i would tell them you got to Go you got to work on it. Yeah. You got to work on it. So let's assume they have a great product or even a good product, whatever. Um, I would say put up your social network presence and don't be all over the place and have a million of them. Mm -hmm. Master one or two of them. Like let's Facebook, come on. That's like where everybody is and it's probably the best you know place to go. So get your Facebook page up, make it look good, get your get your your um, free download offer up there, and start getting friends and family to start helping to like the page. Um, um, and you know this this is the, the this is the part where. Where you actually teach this, man, and it's funny because I'm going to be going back into the modules and really studying this again, of not breaking the bank of going and starting uh, to, to create spending on advertising, but testing so that you can actually start building 
a list and a fan base, right? So if like, say you're, you're I think what you're doing, John, is, you know, you have to have a little bit of money to do this. Yeah. But what a great, you know, again, it's, if it's methodical and it's tested, you know, say that, okay, I'm going to put an ad out that has, say if I'm unknown, I'm going to find, I'm going to take my genre and go target the genres that are out there that are like this and create my ad that will be appealing to the people who love that kind of music and make an irresistible offer, which is free music, and then start the process that the next day they're going to hear from you in an, in an email basically telling your story. I, it almost sounds like you've set this up and you haven't, and I'm not doing this because we're on the phone and we're friends. It's true, and it absolutely works. I've seen the numbers. That if you follow that plan of, of an indoctrination of getting people, you're building your list. So let's just assume that like 100 people I've heard I've heard some things recently that make a lot of sense to me that if you have a if you have a true list of a thousand raving fans you got a business. You have Absolutely. a business. Absolutely. Okay? So if you can if you can build first I guess likes on your page but just have that way to opt in and then you serve those people. Let's just say okay, let's say this. Say that I have an album and we're going to go through the we're going to go through the John Ojaka process of lead capture through a facebook ad they get free music they're indoctrinated they get a week later um a limited time offer they don't buy but then you're communicating with them what every two weeks is it every two weeks they get a it's really different for everybody like i tend to i tend to go pretty heavy um because i'm comfortable with (laughs) with that um but some sure some, some people are not so i'll email every couple of days um, but many people will space it out, you know, to every week or something like that. Let's Some say a week. A month. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say a week. Let's say a week and test it. You know, if you're getting opt outs, then it's too much. Right. But just, you know, to the new person, visualize I, this. I like my funnel to sort of conclude in around 10 to 14 days. The, the, the initial funnel. Okay. So the initial funnel, let's say that they didn't buy. Yeah. And, but they're on your list and then you're serving them by, let's say, you know, at the end of the week, I'm going to bring you into whatever, a blog post that says, hey, check out this lick that I came up with for my new project. You know, I got I to gotta share this lick that I came up with that I'm recording on my new album. So the album isn't even done yet, but you're bringing them into the process. You're, you're, you're including them, and it's, it's interesting to them. Well, what are the chances of building up a list of 100, 200, 500 people and up to a thousand that by the time your record comes out and they've been like sort of seeing you do this every week, what percentage of them are going to buy? There it is, right? There's right. the entire picture right there. Right. It's yeah. not rocket science and people are doing it all the time out there. And I want to, I want to add too, when you said that, it, you know, it does take a little bit of money. I don't want people to get scared off. I mean, you really can run testing for five bucks a day. So if you take that yep. cup, cup of Starbucks coffee, and I don't, I've been living in New Zealand too long. I don't know what a cup of Starbucks coffee sells for in, in the States these days, but it's over five bucks here in New Zealand. Um, but you know, uh, perhaps, what was it around four bucks, something like that right now in, mm-hmm. in, in the States, um, add a, add a buck to that and you got your face and, and forego the coffee and you got yourself a, a Facebook ad campaign. 
campaign that will be enough. I mean, that's a small budget, but that'll be enough to test things and start getting people into your universe, into your brand. And even if it's not profitable while you're testing for that, what was what does that work out to about $150 a month? you are learning and you are starting to get people, you know, a percentage of those people into your tribe and nothing, at least from my point of view, nothing could be more inspiring as a developing artist to see people commenting on your videos and your posts and your blogs. And, and, and as you say, you're going to be getting data and you can test things and, and, if you think of it as just brand building and in exchange for that cup of coffee that you'd otherwise have, um, at the end of a certain period of time, you're going to have all the data you need to then turn on a real funnel where you're spending real money, but making you know at least the amount of money you're spending. Hopefully, there should be a decent profit there as well um, to pay for it. So it really, you know, it, the price and cost and money and budget all become kind of moot at that point because you're really not losing anything. Or at least that's the goal. Yeah, let's put it this way. Let's say that, let's say that, uh, you. How much? How much are people paying to go into the studio and record their records, right? Or right. or any are, aspect are, are of it? Are you asking me? They don't bet. No, I'm just saying <laughs> yeah, that you yeah. know people won't bat an eye paying yeah. five grand, ten thousand dollars totally. to go in, and then all of a sudden they go, well, I spent the money, and it's like, <laughs> oh, so you you think you build it and they will come? Yeah. Set aside. You and I talked about this, and I tested it just a little bit on on a, a giveaway, a base giveaway I did um, last year. And you were talking about it. You said, "Jace, here's here's the deal. Just you know, it's going to cost a couple of bucks, but you can just build a massive list." Yeah. And I I probably went about it wrong. I should have called you and talked to you about it, but I just sort of did it because I was out on the road, and uh, and I think I probably spent I don't know. And this you'll, you you can probably scold me with this because I know I didn't do it you know, a hundred percent properly. But the point is that I ended up with, a, I think a fairly decent result, but I spent probably about $600 and I, you know, had a, a list of about 3,600 people on it. Now they're not raving fans, but now the point is, is that now I have somebody to talk to. Yeah. So if totally. somebody think about this, this is, this is what we're telling these, the people listening to this podcast, set aside $600 or let's is is you think an industry standard might be even better? I think musicians that's probably realistic, but uh, maybe a dollar lead, right? Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's um, kind of what I try to work around is tell people like you know try to get your leads for under a dollar. You know, if you can, okay. do, if you can do less than that, this. it's great. Okay, I love this. So let's let's come up with a, a little budget idea right here, an advertising budget to build a list so you have somebody to talk to. Okay, so say it's six hundred, say five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars, and at at a dollar, um, a dollar a lead is that five hundred leads? Mm -hmm. Okay, there you go. Start with that, or two hundred dollars, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two hundred dollars, as you teach in your course, get those people on a list and start talking to them. Don't worry about trying to go out to Facebook every day and get more likes and all that stuff. Do that in addition, but you know, how? How cheap is that, man? Yeah, yeah, totally. And because, and, well, and you're, if you're monetizing it, you know, even if it doesn't work, you should still be getting a few hundred back on that, on that, on that five hundred, and hopefully you're turning a profit. But if you're not, so you still let's just say you're not. Yeah, yeah let's just yeah. say you're not. Let's say you don't even have a product. 
Yeah. And well, or, or at least no, no, it's not done that's yet. A good, that's a good point. Yeah. To build that audience before the album comes out. Say, you know? Yeah. Let's say it's, say, say, the, yeah, you're, 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 you're working on your product, your, your project. You have three songs done. You give them the first three, bring them into the completion of it. Right. That's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Well, it's what so, they, it's, it's, um, what they say in marketing, you know, and, and, and have been for many years. Uh, it's don't start with the product it's start with the market and what you just described. Uh, is a perfect example of that. Create the market, and then you have a business. You know, just figure out what they want, and then give it to them. And with music, it's not so difficult to figure out what they want because you've built the market around what it is that you do and, and your particular brand. So, I know that's that's awesome. Right. Another thing that I've heard, I've been hearing, uh, you know, starting with you, but I'm hearing other people really catching on to this. Is that say you've got that list, and then you're getting close to, or you're halfway done with your record, and you need help. You you reach out to the list. And and so, you know you're you're basically seeing who's really active too, basically first of all with not they they haven't un, unsubscribed and you can tell if they're opening your ma- mail yeah. and you run a run a, a crowdfunding campaign say I I'm, I'm ready to release this mm-hmm. and here you know here's where you can go to help do this Kickstarter or whatever GoFundMe or whatever so that starts with you're not doing that on Facebook being obnoxious like everybody else and going buy my CD or you know all the noise <laughs> yeah. that's out there fighting with the you know the the American politics that's going on right. but you're basically saying you're you're going to your focus believe me as we're saying this I love this cuz it's jacking me up I need to I need to to stay in this lane rather than get sidetracked by the you know the the stupid things so I like what we've talked about. Let's let's come up with a with a budget that won't break the bank. Five hundred bucks. Let's go five or a thousand bucks. Like you say, if people are out there trying to build a business, start with five hundred, right? Mm-hmm. If you can't afford that, start with two hundred. If you can't afford that, start with a hundred. Watch and see how. Because what you've taught, and I'm really starting to learn too, is that if you actually do have a product, and you're out there, and you're marketing it properly, you'll be building this. This this list for free, if not yeah. if, if not you know at least you know uh, uh, turning a profit, as Jermaine is 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 helping me with this um, this uh, this launch of my info product, as he said he goes he laughs when he hears people say, oh wait a minute that's my marketing budget he goes wait a minute what do you mean budget if you're making money you have no budget. Exactly. Exactly. You have no budget. Find what's going. And he said, "Hey, listen. At the least, if you're breaking even, and you're building leads, wow. And I, so I'm, I get it. So, yeah. you know, all that is is activity, action. Totally. I'll, I'll joke about that all the time. I'll talk to an adver- uh, an advertising platform or you know a publication, and they'll say, well, what's your what's your marketing or your advertising budget? And it's like, well, like." <laughs> A hundred million dollars. <laughs> you know, the right. only the only catch is that those those that traffic needs to needs to convert. So long as it does, I I want to spend as much as is humanly possible. Or if it runs out, right? Because you know, once you well, run yeah, out exactly. of people, they've yeah. seen that. That's what Jermaine says. He goes, "I wish I could spend ten million a day exactly. on advertising, mm-hmm. but they won't let me." Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, we've been we've been chatting for a while, so we should we should probably um, wrap up. But I do really want to, you know, thank you for being on this call. It is it's a real like pleasure and honor to to, you know, get insight from someone like yourself who has done so much in this industry. Um, Before we do kind of sign off, do you have any kind of parting words? I mean, you've already given so much advice that it seems silly to say what's your you know, what's your parting advice? Because 
you've already kind of given a lot of it, but is there any, any final thoughts, anything you'd like to share with folks before we do finally sign off? I think we've really covered it all, John, but if, you know, asking me that I, I could, my, the thought that just jumps into my head is to, is to just create a conversation. Yeah. And I believe, uh, most people, if you're if you're trying to get art and music out for other people to experience, I have a feeling you probably like people. Right. <laughs> it helps if you do. If you don't, <laughs> well, there's still ways to do it. That's why you can hide behind autoresponders. But if you love people, and I do, what a great thing because get methodical and and come up with a plan and and just show up oh and we were talking about this earlier and i just kind of thought is do not allow the emotions of not getting a result that you want to derail you right don't allow well nobody clicked on this nobody liked this nobody follow the program if you got if you're if you're you know using mmm or whatever it is that people are doing and something doesn't go to your liking don't quit right Finish it and then, you know, assess because as, as, as all of, you know, you great marketers point out, the systems work. They will sell. If something doesn't work, then there's a, an issue that you can fix. And it might be that, that the, the message to market isn't right, which means they're not resonating with your style or, or you. And you can fix all that, having people like you in their corner and, and me and, um, you know, but, but – and I'm the worst at this and I think most creatives are. You know, we just kind of like want to get inspired. I love the phrase "inspiration is for amateurs." You know, so find a find a program, start it, show up and be accountable. Which is what's great about having you know the Facebook groups and your 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 uh, forums in your in your course, and be accountable, but stick to the plan because they work. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome to hear, and I, I appreciate you saying it. Just because I think that is. That really does hold people back. I know that when I got started with online marketing, so so my journey was a bit different. I had put out three albums and was all but ready to quit because just I wasn't making any money anymore, and each advance was less than the one before, and each sales total was less than the one before. So I just went got into online marketing because I didn't want to get a job, and I knew that you know I needed to start <laughs> making some money at some point. But it took me a good year of obsession. Like when I get into something, I'm an obsessive. Like I, I probably went through 500 to 1,000 books and courses and lectures and everything in that in that first year. Every day I was going through you know one or two different items on marketing and just learned learned very rapidly and like to think I'm a reasonably smart guy and applied applied it all. Did a lot. Had you know 100 domains very rapidly. Each one representing a new project that I thought was going to be the the ticket and it was just a bit of luck when finally one of those things took off in a big way I, I was having lots of small successes but i couldn't get over the hump and then all of a sudden one took off it was the right product the right time and that was the first big success that brought in you know a couple million bucks in sales in a fairly short time and all of that but during that first year until i had that one semi-accident i mean it wasn't an accident i worked hard but it was the timing yeah. that led to that first success one you know i i had i was jumping ship every other day because i'd come across a new expert that would you know sell me a course and say if you just mm -hmm. do this and i'd mm -hmm. get nervous and i think i don't know what works and what doesn't so I'm, 
So maybe <laughs> that guy was the fraud and I should try the next thing. And, and then I've finally, yeah. And then finally you get on the other side of it and you have a success and you go, Oh, this stuff's actually pretty simple. All these publishers are selling strategies and there's nothing wrong with that. They're all valid strategies that can get you to the same point. But the model is, um, very basic. This is find a market that wants something give it to them in an awesome way and uh and you'll be fine and then just use advertising to you know pull people towards that offer and 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 to target and the the right the right people in the first place and it's really not that hard um you know copywriting is a skill set and there's lots of little nuances but understanding that that's the, the fundamental thing and it's nice to hear from you you know that this stuff works because i think in someone in your shoes i think most people would and certainly should if they don't um have the confidence that you know you you've got far more to lose uh you you've built this career and this reputation this name that you're certainly not going to get on some podcast and say you know try this internet marketing it really works if it doesn't um and and as someone who's you know been on the other end of one of your orders i can tell you firsthand that i i see jason out there doing this stuff and implementing it and he's not wasting his time for no reason you know or spending his time for no reason He's not wasting his time. There we go. Um, he's doing it because it works, and it really does. So um, it's not always easy. It's you know, it's not. There are a lot of variables, um, and it can it can take some dialing in. For some people, it, it happens fast. Other people need to really work at it. But I'm pretty convinced that if you have a decent product and you're an interesting person, you know, it, having that interesting brand is another part of this as much as the product itself, the music needs to be good. It's that overall brand that needs to be interesting. If you have a TV show that is not interesting, people are not going to watch that show and no one's going to pay to have the commercials run during it. And that's the same equation here. Those emails, everything about you needs to be worth tuning into. People want to live uh, some experience vicariously through you, the artist. And if we don't do a good job at at, at, at opening that door, then, you know, you, you're not going to have much success. So it's challenging in some cases, and every artist is different, but I'm pretty convinced that for each person, there is a path, you know, you could, you could do a, what was that movie, um, um, you know, with Eddie Murphy, was it 48 hours? Um, mm -hmm. the, one, the one where they took the poor guy and turned him into a Wall Street um, right. uh, mm -hmm. tycoon. I'm kind of convinced that if every musician in the world had a shepherd, there's a path where that person could find an audience and, and have some semblance of the career that they're ultimately after. Um, it's just going to be harder for some than others, but it, it you know, it, it is just a matter of stumbling upon that path or working really, really hard to figure, you know, to find that path. Does that make sense? I, I have a great, yes, it makes perfect sense. I have a great question to throw into that too, is what's your alternative? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? It's like even for the big boys, like I said, you watch and see over the next two to five years that uh, what we're doing here and what I'm doing specifically, having been you know associated with the, the highest level of these bands, uh, this is about making sure that people can continue and survive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I, I just I see what's what's going on out there, and the, it's it's also the difference between a scarcity mindset and abundance, you know, because, Oh no, we can't sell records. And, you know, so it's like, well, let's not even try and make music anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, uh, it's, there is no other choice, you know? Yeah. So, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they can't say it any better than that. I remember a friend of mine saying, uh, you know, if you don't have to make music, if you don't really have to make it, then, you know, why are you doing this? And, 
and you're right you know what choice do you have if you have the calling then you got to figure it out and uh yeah good stuff yeah buddy awesome well thanks so much jason i really appreciate you being on the call i loved being here john and i can't wait to see what the next uh you know, this is the beginning of 2017. It's exciting, man. There's some really good stuff going on. There's there's some really heavy stuff happening in the world today, which is exciting. So it's like, you know, uh, this is, you know, do you read Bob Lefsetz? Uh No, I'm familiar with who he is, and I was I was on his mailing list for a while, but uh, I haven't in some time. I know. I, I, I jump on it. Well, I don't jump off anymore because I just love him, but... Um, I did. I jumped off for a while because I thought, wow, this guy's out of control. But he just, I love what he says. And I've been following him and he's been inspiring me heavily for, I'd say, the last three or four years. And um, as he says, this is a perfect time for artists to step up and actually have a voice. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, think about it, man. (laughs) You know, here's the the 60s (laughs) back at you. And it's like, Who's going to stand up and, and really make music yeah. about what's going on, right? So it's like, he says, it's it's just sitting there ripe for the pickings, man. There's a lot to talk about these days. So There is. Good point. Well, uh, thanks again, Jason. And uh, and anyone listening, be sure to check out Jason's projects at, uh, that's, correct me if I'm wrong here, Jason, jasonchef.com and rockstarready.com. Is that right? Yep, that's exactly right. Rockstarready.com, what I've done is, you can and there's a there's a tab on jasonchef.com that says members and it'll take you right over there. Cool. Um, I basically have a free section of my membership where I've got uh, free lessons. I only have four or five bass lessons up right now, but I'm going to be populating that with, like I said, some songwriting, um, small lessons and vocal lessons, and that'll be like I said that'll be the the free area that if people want to take it to the next level they can. But uh, That's it. Yeah, jasonchef.com and rockstarready.com. Awesome. Thanks again. You got it, buddy. Talk to you soon. Take care. All right, there you go. That, of course, was Jason Chef, the longtime vocalist and bass player from the world-famous rock band Chicago. So, again, just a, a huge thank you to Jason for joining us on the call. Uh, if if it wasn't apparent, if you didn't hear it, Jason is he's an incredibly down-to-earth, uh, really nice guy. It's been a pleasure to get to know him, and, uh, again, it was a real pleasure to have him on the show. So thanks, Jason, for being being part of this. Um, if you, uh, listening, you, the listener, <laughs> you listening to this, uh, uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, then I, I do have a favor to ask. Head on over to iTunes uh, and uh, leave a review of this podcast or the Stitcher app or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Uh, leave a review for the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. Those star ratings and uh, better yet, the the reviews that you actually type in, they really help. They help uh boost our position in the overall uh, podcast charts and they also uh, help other you know would-be listeners um, get a sense of what the content is like so if you like this podcast and you can uh, spend a couple of minutes for me head on over to iTunes again or wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a review f- uh, for for 
for me and and the show that would be very much appreciated um, until next time uh, do head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com if you haven't yet uh, be sure to sign up for the music marketing blueprint that is a free 40-minute presentation that gives you a complete rundown of the uh, approach to marketing that I've been teaching since uh, almost a decade now since back in 2009 uh, and yeah just just check out the site there is a ton of great stuff there uh, recent blog posts other podcast episodes training videos and the rest of it so that's it for now thanks again for listening and take care Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast with John Ojaka. If you'd like to learn more music marketing strategies, then go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com. That's musicmarketingmanifesto.com. And sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint.